Well, isn't it amazing to just walk out into the you know into God's world and see the variety of things that God has has created? Uh, last Monday, Jenny and I spent the morning with Charlie. It was his last day of school holidays. We took him out for brunch. We walked um, from along, you know, to Fairy Bower and back and. Everybody was out. I don't know how many different varieties of dogs we saw. Uh, never ending. Uh, but it's, it is, uh, it's a part of God's nature, isn't it? God loves difference. And he's created so many different and intricate life forms, so many natural occurrences uh, that are, are beautiful to the eye. Uh, we're told that no single snowflake is like another, that they're all... Identical. Sorry, they're all unique. <laughs> Not. Um, I I googled the f- and found out that in Iceland, um, the Icelandic language has a hundred different words to describe snow. I thought that was pretty good. I was surprised to find out that the Sami people, who live in the far north of Norway and Sweden and Finland, um, have at least 180 words for snow. But the thing that topped it off was that these people traditionally are are fishermen and herders and they herd reindeer. They have over a thousand words for reindeers. Thank you, Dr Google. (laughs) (laughs) There there ends the lesson. Uh, You know, God loves um, this rich diversity. But human beings would rather have uniformity. Think of that for a minute. God loves diversity, but people would rather have uniformity. Have a look at each other. We look like Northern Beaches people. (laughs) Gentlemen, who has a pair of long pants on? Oh, a couple of, you know, me too. (laughs) we dress our children in school uniforms so they all look the same and even our groups that call themselves you know fringy groups they all look the same why because we love to fit in we love to be one of one of the crowd and uh, being accepted is, is is being like other people so we love this kind of um, uniform existence. We wouldn't kind of say that we're the same as everybody, but that's how we live. So God loves diversity and it's human nature to love uniformity. So when we come to talk about the church, we're bound to have problems, aren't we? We are bound to have problems because God loves diversity We love uniformity and when we read the scriptures we uh, are told that in all the churches that Paul writes to and whatever there are misunderstandings between um, fellow members of the church. Um, Some feel threatened by the differences of others. Some feel superior by their difference compared to others and so on and, and so forth. So how do we actually keep our unity and be like God who loves diversity. How do we do that? 
Well, we do that as uh, last week we were looking at our mission statement of making disciples of, uh, of Jesus Christ for life. We saw that one of the main things that we need to do is to, is to actually put ourselves in a position where we learn from God, where we put Jesus at the centre and where we gather around him and learn from him. And when it comes to the church, that is, that is the description of the whole church, isn't it? So it shouldn't surprise us that if we want to actually have unity in our differences, in our diversity, then we need to focus on Jesus. And Paul puts this uh, right up front, and that's why I asked Judy to read those few earlier verses. What does Paul say to these Corinthians? There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit, different kinds of service, but the same Lord, different kinds of working, but the same God at work in all people. So God has given us different gifts, different acts of service, working in us differently, but God is uh, the Spirit, he is the Lord, and he is the Creator. So built into God's sense of, of diversity is a unity. So God is three persons, but he is one God. So God exists in diversity, three separate individuals, but in his uh, majesty and indescribability, in a sense, he is one. That is the nature of God. And if, if we're in the church we're going to uh, re- appreciate other people's differences, if we are going to actually be united in our diversity, as our vision is, we have to fix our eyes on, on God, on, on God the Father, Son and Holy Spirit. It is, it is uh, the nature of God that's expressed in our vision statement, that we are united in our diversity in Jesus Christ for the good of God's world. So all these differences come from God. It is wonderful that God has this nature of diversity and uh, this unity within um, himself. So we focus on our vision today and um, we're looking at what uh, we can become under God as we grow as disciples of Jesus Christ, what, what we can uh, achieve and become. So um, Paul says in verse 7 to uh, chapter 12 of this first letter to the Corinthians, he says, To each one... The manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. So we, all, we are all diverse in uh, our nature. None of us are the same, exactly the same. But God has made us that way for the common good in order to serve others. Each believer is unique. Each believer has unique gifts, talents, abilities. Uh, Every one of us is called to use the gifts that God has given us in order to serve the church. That is his purpose. Um, So let me say something um, about um, the spiritual gifts and service as we begin. So... The currency, if you like, of getting things done in our church is 
service. And the motivation for service is the gifts that God has given to us. He's given them to us in order to serve each other. God intends for us to use our uniqueness in such a way that we help others to grow more like Jesus. Isn't that an amazing thing? God wants to use our uniqueness to help other people grow like Jesus. In Ephesians chapter 2, Paul says that, that we are to um, fulfil the good works that God has prepared beforehand for us to walk in. And you know what those good works are? They're works of service. And God has prepared your works of service and my works of service because we are unique. There are things that we can do that are going to help people that nobody else may be able to do. And God in his providence has got all that worked out so that there is someone or maybe a number of people who you are perfectly shaped to be able to help to grow in their Christian life. Isn't that a great thought? It's an amazing thought that, that God has made us all as unique people. So we, we take that thought and we run it through the society in which we live in because we live in a consumer culture, don't we? And the, the, the kind of uh, focus of consumer culture is that you want to get your needs met and you want to do that at minimal cost to yourself. That's what our consumer culture says. You are the focus of things. You need your needs met. You want to get what you need with a minimum cost to yourself. So that's why we love Christmas sales. You want to buy a pair of shoes. You're never going to pay full price because no one pays full price. That's the, you know, that's the first thing you think of in a consumer. So it's always inflated so they can come down in price. But then you get these Christmas sales where you know, a pair of shoes was $169 and now they're $99. And you, you get excited, but if you're really smart, you know that, that more's going to happen. And in two weeks' time, it's 50% off the already reduced price. <laughs> and you get these shoes and they're... You know, they're expensive-looking shoes. And you got them for 49 bucks, And they match with so many of your outfits. And you just, you know, you just feel wonderful <laughs> until you think of the next thing you need. <laughs> okay? You've worn them once. Okay, what, do I, what else do I need? And that is, the th that is the thought pattern of the consumer society. And sadly... It even works its way into our relationships. There's a new phrase that's been coined and there was a movie made by the name of this, Friends with Benefits. What does that mean? You don't want to make a commitment to someone for life in marriage. You just, you just want your sexual needs met. So what is the least cost to you? Find someone similar who that's all they want and you just become friends with benefits. It's a terrible thought, isn't it? But that's, that's the logic of consumerism. That's the logic of where our culture is going. So if that's life, that we live in a consumer culture where everybody is focusing on getting their own needs met at, at the, the least effort to themselves, we're going to struggle in the church because it, the church is based on the exact opposite of that.
we are the exact opposite of the lifestyle of the culture in which we live. Because in the church, I'm not focusing on getting my needs met. I'm, I'm designed to focus to help on others to help them have their needs met. That's what uh, we've just been told, that God has given each of us gifts of, of service for the building up of one another. And if that is our vision, then we, we, we struggle, don't we, in our culture. We have to work at maintaining that vision. Now, I want to say that there are, some, there are benefits. There's nothing wrong with receiving uh, benefits for, for what you do. And in fact, if you serve wholeheartedly, you will receive benefits. If you serve people in the church, the first benefit you'll get is that you will improve in your self-discovery. You will learn about yourself. You will learn more about what you're good at, what, what your interests are, and how you can use those things, and what skills you, you have. So that's a good thing, isn't it? It's a benefit, self-discovery. A second thing is appreciation. If, you, uh, if your service builds a connection with people and uh, forms a relationship as um, service is meant to in the church, then people are going to appreciate you. And you're going to appreciate each other. You're actually going to value community. You're going to feel that you belong. And thirdly, uh, th there's nothing wrong with feeling a sense of satisfaction when you serve. Um, when you serve someone and you see that it, has, that it has helped someone and impacted their lives in some way, you feel fulfilled in a sense. You feel that sense of satisfaction. Um, and that's great. Jesus is right, though, when he says the blessings, it is, is more blessed to give than to receive. It's not that there's no blessing in, in, uh, in, in you know, that reciprocal arrangement, but we need to get it right, don't we? The very thought of serving for what you can get out of it means that it's not serving. So if you, if you think you're going to do something for what you get out, out of it, it's not Christian service. If you serve to get your needs met, you will never get your needs met. That, that is a lesson that is worth learning. If we think we're going to get our, our, our identity and everything like that from, from what we do, it's not going to work. We don't get our needs met by tr serving others to try and get our needs met. Needs met. <laughs> so God gives us these spiritual gifts so that we can help each other within the life of the church. We get the motivation to actually do this through focusing on God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, who gives us these gifts, um, these workings, the, these um, opportunities to serve. And we are then on the direction of heading towards our vision for, one, uh, for our church as we are un unified, united in our diversity in Christ for the sake of God's world, to serve so that we can firstly um, meet the needs of, of each other in the church and then broader um, a field to the, the world at large. So how do we do it then? What, what are we going to do in terms of service? And there's lots and lots said about discovering your spiritual gifts. Um, 
books written, courses to run, you know, questionnaires to fill out. I, I want to say the most significant thing about spiritual gifts is opportunity. Opportunity. So when you think of spiritual gifts, don't think of necessarily kind of trying to analyse yourself and find out what it is. Look outwards for opportunity where you can serve. The way to find your spiritual gifts is by serving, by taking up opportunities. Uh, the Bible teaches that every Christian is gifted by God with special gifts that they can use to build up the body of Christ. So we recognise our spiritual gifts. There's, there's, there's lists of them. There are two lists in 1 Corinthians 12. There's, there's another list in Romans 12. There's a, there's a list in Ephesians 4. There's all these lists of, of um, spiritual gifts. But what does that say to us? That all the lists are different, so none of them are complete. So we don't have a complete list of, of spiritual gifts and we shouldn't be trying to create names for special gifts in the, because in the 21st century... We, you know, we have technology, so we need to have a spiritual gift of something to do with you know, computers or whatever. We don't need to do that. We need to take opportunity to serve. And there are, there are two kind of th mistakes that we can make along the way that we need to be aware of. And the first one is that we don't mistake the fruit of the Spirit for the gifts of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is for every person and the fruit all grows together. You're supposed to have all the fruit. You can't say to someone, oh, well, you're a, uh, you know, a more, more accepting or you're a kinder person or, or a more uh, faithful person than I am because you've got a gift in that area. That's not a gift. That's the fruit of the Spirit. We're supposed to work on that. And as people exercise the fruit of the Spirit, we, we need to recognise that that is the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, and we too can grow in all those areas of the fruit of God's spirit. So we can't use the, the fruit to make an excuse that we don't have that gift. We need to know the scriptures and to know that all Christians should grow. And there are, you know, you, you, you cannot say, uh, for, in, for instance, I don't have to share my faith with anybody because I don't have the gift of evangelism. One of the fruits of Christian life is that you'll tell other people about Jesus. In fact, you're actually commanded to. So you can't use some warped view of naming gifts to get yourself out of the responsibility that all Christians have of being witnesses to what we know in Christ. We all should be keen to witness. Some people may have the gift of evangelism and hallelujah for them. You know, but we don't have to feel that, that we are second-class citizens or we don't have that gift. We just need to witness to what we know of Christ. So opportunity is the, is the focus when it comes to spiritual gifts. There's something that needs to be done. You don't sit around thinking, do I have the gift to do that? You just say, yes, I'll give that a go. And you will soon find out by doing things, what God has gifted you to do. And it's not, it's not a waste to spend you know, a few months doing a service that you might not eventually feel gifted in because you are still using uh, 
the gift of God's spirit to actually serve as a Christian in any area and God will use that, he'll bless that. There may be something else that you will find further on you know, as you volunteer for different things that you uh, get involved in and you can see that, that yes, this is, I can see now what God uh, wants me to do in, in this particular gift actually presses my buttons. So don't miss spiritual gifts, uh, don't mix up spiritual gifts and, and, and uh, spiritual fruit and also don't mix up spiritual gifts with, with uh, natural talents. Okay, it, um, it is too easy to say, well, um, I'm a business manager, so I come to church, uh, I want to I, I roll in the church of doing what I'm good at, I want to be a business manager. You may have nothing uh, in terms of understanding what the scriptures say about leadership, about using money God's way. You may know nothing about those things because you don't need to in the secular world. But if you just bring that into the church and say this is how we exercise our use of these things, it could, you know, we, we could be missing out on all sorts of blessings from God because... I'm just doing my gift in my own strength. And I, I think this is my gift because I'm good at it, but I don't have but God's not in it. You know, I, I just lead or I just do this or I just do that because I can do it. So your talents can become spiritual gifts if you dedicate them to the Lord and do it for his service, not because you think you can do a good job at it, but because you want to actually use that talent for God's glory and for God's kingdom and that will bring in a hum humility where you recognise that you're not as good at what you thought you were when it comes to serving God and you have the chance to, to grow and, and to uh, bless other people in that way. So, so don't confuse spiritual gifts with spiritual fruit. Continue to grow in Christ and um, use the workings of, of faith that God has given to each of us. Don't confuse spiritual gifts with a talent or being good at something because you, by doing that, you may actually miss out. You might not be able to see other things that God would rather have you do. And you might do an okay job there, but you haven't really um, you know, found the area that God really wants you to zing. So as we... Uh, as we conclude then, don't try and overanalyse your service of God. Our vision statement is terrific because it is short and you, know, you can go with it. We are a group of people who are united in our diversity in Christ. That's what Jesus has done. Because of our culture, we have to work hard at being that group of people who are united in our diversity. But we do that in Christ. And we do that for the good of God's world. We, we, we serve using the gift God's given us uh, to, to build up the body of Christ, to see people grow as disciples and to overflow into the world as we want to be a blessing. So we committed to that. That's a great... It's a great picture, isn't it? A great future that God has for us as we, as we work together in all of our differences with the same purpose of wanting to see 
uh, God's blessing poured out upon his church and upon his world. Let me pray. Lord God, we thank you that we come before you as unique individuals. We thank you, Lord, that you know everything about us. You've created us even in our mother's womb.